production of GopherPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Cammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Let's kick this thing off with a little dedication for Hammy. <laughs> nice. How you doing, Hammy? <laughs> I was gonna say, where's the where's the dude with the big mustache? Uh, <laughs> it's Movember. Yeah. <laughs> well, hello, fellas. How's it going? Especially you, Hammy. You feeling good after that little intro for you? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm right in the mood now. I don't know what I'm in the mood for, if it's for hockey or what. <laughs> I'm in the mood. And I take it you are back in the old Honda, aren't you there, Vigo? I'm actually in the Equinox tonight. Oh, uh, you're upgrading. Upgrading. Uh, house is looking good, though, end of December. So by January, I'll have a, a podcasting room. So I was looking, does it look like you were buying a partially built one and they're finishing building it up or something like that? What's going on with that? Yeah, there was like some buffer land on a property in northeast Minneapolis, and there's a local guy who got a hold of it, and uh, he started building on the lot, and it came on MLS, and we we jumped on it. So we're we're in the midst of picking out things for the home, so floor, tile, faucets, you know, all the fun stuff. Yeah, I did the same thing uh, back in, uh, well, it must have been 1998-99. We built a house out in the sticks, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of work when you're doing all well, that stuff. Well, I'm going to be right in the city, and uh, I'm right across from Wyndham Park, and I see that there's a hockey rink going up basically right across from my uh, front porch. So that's, that's pretty skate. exciting. GPL Outdoor Skate. Oh, for sure. Right there. Podcast from the hockey rink. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, we took the week off because the Gophers didn't play last weekend, but uh, the previous weekend they certainly did play, and uh, it was a 3-3 tie with Boston College and then a nice 6-1 win over Boston College. Let's get your initial thoughts, Hammy. You know, good uh, that first game, that first period, second period, some of the best hockey that anybody's seen at Mariucci in a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of knew going into it, uh, Boston College obviously has a pretty successful track record, and you know the kind of style that they play. They're very uh, kind of wide open. They like to push the puck, and they got the kinds of players that are te- you know, talent that can do that kind of game. And so you kind of knew what you were going to be getting into coming into this series, and it, it certainly didn't disappoint, especially, you know, that that first period was very wide open, probably a little more wide open than they really wanted it to be. But, uh, yeah, but it, it was, was definitely fun. Yeah, it was Pure definitely fun. very entertaining. Vigo, what do you think? Well, I thought it was uh, everything that the series was built up to be. I mean, two of the top programs in college hockey, um, great teams in transition both ways. I think uh, especially on Sunday, Minnesota really was able to get in transition and they were get the, that fourth player activated with the defenseman joining the rush and and it was a lot of fun to watch and uh, showed a lot of the potential that the Gopher team has this year to do things, even against top teams. Uh, Vigo, what are your thoughts on the uh, illegal play by the Boston College player in overtime when he literally grabbed the puck and kind of threw it as yeah. it was about to cross the line? You know, I understand, you know, if, if the ruling is that, like, if 
if the ref didn't see it when it happened, he can't go back and call a penalty on that during the replay. But it's kind of too bad that he missed what should have been a penalty shot. Yeah, I think it should have been a penalty shot, closing your hand on a puck in the crease. That should be the call. But I think really it just happened so quickly and so fast that the official you know, had no idea exactly what happened. And yeah. you could see when he went over and explained it to Lucia and then he didn't get the hand pass call even. You know, he was kind of kind of surprised. So I think that was, you know, how confused and excited the refs were. You know, they blew it, but, um, you know, it's it's going to go down as a tie. And uh, that's, that's fine. I mean. Well, it looks like Marco Hunt was skating up the play, and he was just coming into the, you know, to the side as it happened. So I, I can easily see how he missed it. It happened so it was very bang-bang type of play. And – it's hard to get upset, you know, if he misses something like a blink of an eye like that. Like I said, he can't go back to the replay and say, you know, that's a penalty. It's just the way the rules are set up. So it's unfortunate that he didn't see it, but uh, life goes on. Huh, Hammy, what did you think of the, that play? Well, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, there's not a lot you can complain about in that situation. I mean, the refs are human, and, yeah, it's disappointing that – I, the thing that I kind of thought was funny is just the fact that some people were like, oh, well, did he close his hand around it? And, you know, and so like they're trying to excuse the play. I'm like, well, I don't know anybody that can actually catch something with two hands and then take it without dropping the puck and then f- throw it directly behind you. It's like, I don't know how you can possibly do that without catching and grabbing the puck. So I thought that that was a little laughable that anybody even suggested that. I'm like, that'd be quite the circus feat. But yeah, I mean, it, what can you do? Sometimes the refs miss something, and unfortunately, it just kind of came at a really key moment in the game. And uh, but those things happen, and at least it wasn't in an NCAA game, right? So yeah, that is true. But you know, we all saw the replay from overhead. It was a slow motion. I'm guessing when it happened live, it did happen so quickly. And I remember being at the opposite end. All of a sudden, I, I had no idea what even happened. So I, I can't really fault the ref on that. Obviously, a lot of fans aren't big fans of Marco Hunt, but you really just can't fault him for that call. He, he, he just, it happened so fast. He didn't see it. And that's just the way it goes. Just the way it goes. Well, Sunday guys, six, one drubbing of the Boston college Eagles hammy. Uh, not quite what we thought, probably closer than the actual score, but, uh, it, uh, did solidify our number one ranking. I mean, I thought, you know, really to me, the, the key to the game was the fact that we finished better than yes. BC did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I I was reading kind of some of the post-game analysis, on you know, from the BC side of things. They're, I don't know what the website is, but, um, you know, I thought their writer was a little overly critical of BC's goalie that day because if you really look at, especially in the first period, I mean, you had – what you had been Condon coming in almost on a mini breakaway. You had Ambrose left alone completely in front of the net to, you know, tip a shot and then get a, the rebound in Riley comes across the middle and just totally snipes one in the slot. And same with Shea coming up the slot. So, I mean, I don't think most goalies would have stopped those shots. So I just think that, uh, it was just a matter of the Gophers really, you know, finished well that day. And, and, and we, Fortunately, our goalie, you know, like he has been for most of his college career, is really on. Well, Vigo, it was an entertaining weekend. Obviously, 3-3 game was a really great. 6-1 is always great. 
But the power play is not looking so great. And was I believe O for the weekend, weren't they? They, they did get one on. Oh, Friday. they did get one. Okay. Um, so one for eight on the weekend, and they've had a couple nights now. They've had three nights, I think, where they've gone O four on the power play. But the one thing Lucia keeps talking about this is that you know they are very good on their zone entry. You don't see mm-hmm. a power play that's not able to you know regroup gain the zone and set up and create opportunities. I think what you're seeing is there's a couple guys who are a little too static on the ice and, and you don't see the dynamic puck movement. You don't see a lot of stress of the penalty killers creating two on ones. You, you're just not seeing that. And I think a little bit of that is, you know, they're placing a lot of guys on that top unit. And if anything, it's the second unit that's looked really good. I think you look at Camerata, uh, Riley and Clouse, and they're really moving the puck well. Uh, looks like they have a lot of chemistry. I'd be surprised if um, the Gophers don't go into Notre Dame this weekend and have, you know, maybe even those three guys on the top unit. Okay. Um, I know, you know, Marshall's got a lot of talent, but you know, at some point you got to give these uh, young guys the reins a little bit. And I know, um, especially Riley and Camerata look really dynamic on the power play. Your thoughts on the power play, Hammy? Yeah, when I was kind of mentioning it today, I think it's ranked tied for 43rd in a country or something like that. And, uh, you know, the reality is, is when you think we're almost averaging five goals a game or something like that, and the fact that our power play has been so lousy, I mean, there's too much talent there for that to not improve. And, and so that's kind of, the, in a way, almost a, a, a nice thing that we've been able to score as much as we have and haven't had to rely on the power play. But um, once... I think this group is too talented and not eventually kind of figure it out. And I'm sure that they've worked a lot on it over, you know, that bye week. So I, I expect an improved product. Granted, Notre Dame is pretty good defensive team. So we'll see, that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll see immediate results. But, um, you know, I, I kind of don't like a little bit of the um, the lineup. And it's like Vigo was mentioning on that first line. I, I don't really care for – I've mentioned this. I don't really know that I like Travis Boyd on that. Um, out there. I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any stretch, but I just think that there's a few other guys I'd like to see, you know, get an opportunity that might be a little more dynamic in that role. And I'm not saying he's at fault for the failures by any means, but I think that that's something that I've noticed and um, we'll see. I I just think that these guys will get it figured out in time now. And uh, we've historically had a good power play and I think that they'll figure it out. I would say one more thing is with the BC game, in the third period, Lucio was just rolling his lines. Yeah, they sure. weren't really they, they weren't really setting up their power play, you know, per se first and second unit. And I think Boyd has been out there a little bit to try to help them uh, with faceoffs, uh, just give them another option for somebody who can win the draws. Because I know in the New Hampshire game, it felt like they lost every single draw on the power play. So I think you know maybe they're you know they're throwing Boyd out there as a, you know a little bit stronger guy in the faceoff circle. So we'll see. I, I think. This weekend, you know, they've had the time to practice. It'll be a, a good test to see where they're at. Um, what are your thoughts on just playing BC in general? I mean, uh, I, I thought I noticed a lot of fans were very happy, you know, that it was pretty clean games, you know, uh, good checks, no dirty play, fast tempo, um, uh, something we don't see a lot, except, we you know, we get it from North Dakota, we get the tempo, but we don't get the attitude. We usually get the cheap it the cheap-ass stuff from North Dakota. But I noticed a lot of fans were very pleased with the way BC played, Hammy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of a mutual respect. I mean, they've been very successful 
obviously over the last 10 or so years. And um, certainly Jerry York is, you know, about as class of an act for a coach, you know, as you can get. And so I think that, um, you know, kind of, it starts at the top, you know, when you have a class act as a coach and, and your team plays a, you know, kind of a clean style and they've been very successful at it. I mean, you kind of have to, you know, respect that. I mean, um, there's always going to be the occasional um, chippy player, questionable hit, you know, in any game, you know, and, and that's not going to be any different with BC. There's a few here or there, but it's not really that after the whistle crap and, you know, having to have your head on a swivel because you might get cheap shotted or whatever. And um, you just kind of have to respect teams that play that kind of style and they're aggressive and offensive. They're creative and, you know, it's a fan friendly style. It's not that kind of trapping, slow it down stuff. And fans have an appreciation for that. You have any thoughts on just BC as an opponent, Vigo? Well, I just like their style of play. I think uh, we heard a little bit about Don Lucia meeting with some of the BC coaches in the off season and and trying to get some things from them to help him in his you know coaching career as he moves forward and coaches for the World Junior teams this year. And you know, it's just fun to watch when you got teams who aren't sitting back and trapping and trying to slow the game down. Yeah, they're trying to create rushes and transition and odd man rushes stretching the ice you know it's a lot of fun to watch what did you think about johnny hockey i thought the gophers did a tremendous job shutting him down on sunday afternoon i mean one of the highlight plays for me was kyle rao back checking uh Godreau, forcing a turnover and the gophers scoring the other way i think uh johnny hockey got frustrated during the weekend uh we saw him fan on a shot late in the third it was just a tough weekend for him so it was fun to see him in person. You know, he's real slippery. Um, I think his better night was the first game, and uh, Minnesota locked him down on Sunday. Any thoughts on Johnny Hockey there, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you're probably not going to face this year any player that's as more as much as dynamic as he is. I mean, and that's and I thought I agree they did a really good job with him on on Sunday. I mean, I didn't really even know he was out there a lot of the time, which is saying something considering his talent, and so. Um, you know, I, I think that I certainly have a lot of respect. Like I said, just similarly to the program, I have a lot of respect for how he plays. Uh, and, you know, the Gopher fans, you know, we're going to see a lot of that in the coming years with uh, some of these guys like Clues and Camarada and, you know, some of these smaller, more dynamic guys. So uh, I think that that's going to be exciting for our future. You guys have any other thoughts on the whole weekend? Anything uh, that jumped know, out at you? Well, I think that we obviously would be remiss to not say uh, some words about Wilcox and how well he's played. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's getting he's, to the point where we don't talk about him a lot because he he's just so steady. Yeah, I mean, and you know, he doesn't appear to like he's going to suffer through any sophomore slump and um, knock on wood. And and certainly, uh, you know, he's it allows the defensive players you know Vigo talked earlier about the you know kind of the fourth guy move up in the play it allows them some confidence to be able to take a few chances like that because they feel like you know if something should happen I have a really good goaltender behind me that could potentially you know uh, help that mistake get erased so I just think that he's been great and we can't overlook how good the uh the goaltending has been final thoughts on the weekend Vigo I think the other thing is we saw that this is one of the best defensive groups that the the Gophers have seen in a long time. Uh, pretty much everybody can handle the puck. There aren't really a lot of weak links back there, and everybody can get involved in transition. I think they had four different defensemen score on Sunday. Um, it was 
it's impressive to watch. They they go back and they they get on the puck and they retrieve it so quickly uh, that you know teams haven't really been able to get much of a forecheck on them. Uh, it'll be, be interesting to see if they're able to keep that moving throughout the whole season. All right, then. Well, obviously it was a good weekend, so nothing to really be too sad about when you're playing such a great opponent. Moving on, I just want to let you Android listeners out there know that uh, you can now listen to the GPL podcast with the Stitcher app. I think, Vigo, you pointed me towards Stitcher a couple weeks ago. Took, yeah, took- I... I think a lot of people are really frustrated with the Apple podcast app on, yes. on the iPhone I, iOS 7. It's uh, pretty slow and frustrating, but uh, Stitcher works great. Stitcher works great. It works on iOS and it works on Android. So now the Android people have at least a way to listen to it if you're not listening live right now. So look for the Stitcher app on uh, Google Play. There's more information on the main uh, GPL portal page if you need to check it out. Uh, one other thing we're doing new now is uh, we're allowing you, the listener, to call us and leave us a voicemail. Tell us, you know, we want you to call us and say, hey, let's talk about this, or you have this question, or this player, or just give us feedback. You know, we're just going to kind of have fun with this whole thing. And, and if you want to do that, just call the Google Voice line that I set up. It's 320-321-9584. That's 320 320- 321-9584. It'll bring you right to voicemail. You can leave your message, just say your name, uh, ask your question, or tell us a topic you want us to talk about. Uh, rip on Hammy and Vigo if you want. I don't care. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, to kick things off, well, let's just take a listen here. Uh, we've got a couple voicemails that we've already had. Uh, check this out. Uh, you're rather not leave my name. I'm, I'm comfortable leaving my name. My question is, is it true that Hammy got his nickname when he was being bullied by Richie Incognito by being called a fat ham? So he went and got ripped and started lifting weights and now goes by the name of Hammy? Thank you. Uh, I would have to say, I don't, you know, I can't make out that voice. Oh, I, mean, I, 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 I can't I, imagine who that would be. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's drunk hockey guy having a little fun. Oh, oh wait, wait, he left another message. Yeah, hey, uh, my name's Joe. I was just calling to see what your thoughts were on Philip Nelson and his chances uh, for the Heisman Trophy. I really think he's a good candidate, and the Gophers are on a roll. Thanks. Vigo, your thoughts on Nelson for the Heisman? I, I think it's going to be a tough uh, vote for him, you know, <laughs> Gophers, you know. Having the two-quarterback system that they seem to be going with, it's going to make it tough on them. But he looked great last weekend, and I, I was at the Nebraska game, and uh, I'm excited to be going this weekend to see him take on Penn State. All right, now here's something a little more serious from Jeremy. Hey, boys. I'm just wondering, my name is Jeremy Zare, and I'm just wondering if this is the best freshman class uh, that we've seen in Gopher uh, history in the last, uh, I'd say, 20 years. Just wanted your opinion. Thanks. Bye. Hammy, your thoughts on the the class this year? How, is it one of the better classes of the last twenty years? Well, I mean, here's the thing: we're only yeah. six games in. You know, what I mean, yep. and so I'm a little reluctant to say a heck of a lot about that. I mean, I think that the potential is there. I mean, I mean, seen... have we ever had a class start like this though? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, part of it, of course, and I've mentioned this is you know what does the team need? I mean, obviously, every freshman class 
there's not going to be as many openings at the, you know, on the top six, for instance, and forwards that you might see in like a year like this. I mean, um, you know, we lost a lot of high end guys, you know, veterans last year. So this group is walking into a situation where they're going to be able to, you know, contribute pretty quickly. So that's going to be, of course, a little part of the puzzle, but uh, if they keep up as they've done, which, you know, is not going to be an easy thing, but if they keep their heads on straight, they work hard. I don't see any reason why they can't do some really special things as a group. And, and uh, but you know, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see three, four years from now when we look back. I mean, ultimately, that's how you have to judge these things: is what did they do when they were there? And um, looking forward, the opportunity is there, and I think the talent's there. But we'll have to see what they can produce. What do you think, Biggs? Well, it's a pretty impressive group, but at the same point, I, I don't see someone quite like a Phil Kessel out there. I mean, when Kessel mm-hmm. laced him up, he was one of the most impressive college freshmen I've, I've seen play. Uh, his hand-eye coordination was amazing. He was a one-man power play breakout, could basically take it coast-to-coast, set up in the offensive zone, and then his shot never seemed to ever get frozen by the goalie. There was always a rebound or, or hit the back of the net. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pretty impressive to watch him play. So I don't know if there's quite a player like that on this year's group. Uh, but it is impressive top to bottom. They all seem to be contributing and finding roles. Um, hopefully we'll see Gertler here at some point as he uh, probably gets to the end of his uh, sitting out period. Um, but it, it's a good group. Definitely a good group. Um, oh, were you going to say something, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, I was. you have to, you know, from a defensive standpoint as well, I think that these, these you know, young guys are going to be pretty solid. I, I think that um, – you know, I, I think a lot of it is the fact that we see a group of kids, you know, for that, at least up front, uh, other than fashing. I mean, these are more the kind of dynamic kind of water bug guys that are really good with the puck and quick. And, you know, we really I don't think we recruited a lot of that here in the last 10 years or so. I mean, we had some guys that maybe fit that bill, but not really a class on the whole that really fit that. And I think having guys like that that are going to be likely i would think three to four year types of guys because of their size limitations not being ideally for the pro game um you know that's where you really think about like you think about Connolly for umd i mean how great of a player he was for them and you know it's not that he didn't have the talent to move on to the next level but it was more you know that kind of size bias that the nhl you know tends to have in that game so you get guys like that and they can really do some damage in their time in college So that's all the voicemails we have for this week. But uh, if you want to call, right now even, call 320-321-9584 and leave a message. I can maybe even get it on the air tonight. And actually, I saw one just come in. I'll check it out in a few seconds here. First, let's go to the Twitter feed. Hammy, uh, Phil Forrester wants to know, what what will it take for Camerado to actually smile after a goal? (laughs) Yeah, he's a little bit understated, I'd say, isn't he? Uh, well, I suppose when you've scored as much as that kid has, you know, oh, ho hum, another goal or another assist, you know, maybe it's just like old hat. I don't, know. I don't know. I just think that he's just, uh, he's a kid who I think is very dedicated and and uh, he works hard. And I guess you know, he just some guys just celebrate a little differently. And he's been there plenty of times, so maybe for him, it's just he doesn't have to jump out of his skates and do some of the fist pumping and all that to uh, to be feeling good about what he's done. Okay, guys, there's a voicemail from Tampa, Florida. All right. 
Hey guys, Drew Soderquist here. Love the podcast. I uh, just want to understand, do you guys think that this, uh, this season might be a disappointment if we don't get back to the Frozen Four, given the way that this team has started and all the talent that we have? Uh, what do you think are legitimate expectations for the squad? Thanks, guys. What do you think, Viggs? Well, if you look at the way this team's composed, there's no reason why they shouldn't have a chance and be expected to be one of those Frozen Four teams. I mean, you get into one of those one-game situations, you know, anything can happen. You know, you run into a good goaltender and it turns into, a, you know, a real tight, low-scoring game. You know, it's tough to tough to always have those go your way. But I think the expectation is Frozen Four for this team. I would agree. What do you think, Hammy? You know, I, it's funny because coming into the season, I really didn't have any – like serious expectations because I just, I wanted to enjoy this year because I knew that this freshman class had the chance to be something really fun to watch. And I kind of was like, it's, it's one of those years where, you know, because you're so young, you say, well, I'm just going to enjoy the year and and whatever happens kind of happens. And of course we all know that once the season progresses, your expectation levels change, you know, as in, if you show some good success now, suddenly you're like, Hmm, Maybe it is, you know, a team that needs to be going to the Frozen Four when they've been that successful. But, you know, we're only a month into the year. So with a young team like we have, we're going to have our bumps in the road. We're going to have those times where they're going to face some adversity. And we don't really even know yet, you know, how they're going to react to that kind of adversity. So I don't know if I'm quite ready to say, yeah, they should definitely be Frozen Four or bust. Um, Like if I felt that way last year, to be frank, I mean, I thought we should have got to the Frozen Four and we didn't. Um, so I'm not really sure if I'm ready to say that quite yet, but uh, I'd certainly believe that, you know, contending for the Big Ten title, you know, both regular season and playoffs, and certainly, um, you know, maybe a win or two in, um, you know, the NCAAs, I don't think that that's something that would make me feel disappointed by any stretch of the imagination if that's all we did. All right. Well, that was uh, Drew from Tampa. We we appreciate you leaving a voicemail. and You were listening live and uh... – Call us up, and it's, it's something new we're trying. So if you're listening live or, you know, listening to the podcast later in the week, just give us a call, 320-321-9584. We'll try to get it on the air. Well, like I said, we're trying to do something new here, a little different, and we'll see how it goes. Way to go, Drew. <laughs> hey, he, was, he must have been listening live because it came in, you know, 927. So uh, we'll try to get you on live, and once I see him come in, I'll try to play him. All right, boys. Well, we head to Notre Dame this week. Uh, Compton Arena in at Notre Dame. Uh, regular size rink. You know, we have a couple people uh, tweeting that, you know, is it going to be a problem being in the NHL size rink? At least that's what uh, Chris Mathis was asking via Twitter. Um, it's our first trip to this new place. What do you think, Cammy? Well, I mean, I don't think the rink size is going to do a heck of a lot. I mean, they practice all week at Ritter, and certainly a lot of these guys have played ample amount of games in their cocky careers, you know, on that size of a rink. So, I mean, you know, I I don't really feel that that's – I think I've always felt that that's a little overrated as far as a variable um, when people would bring that up. But um, I know some teams might be built a little differently depending on the rink size in our past. But I I do think that that might be a little overrated. But – um, I think it'll be great. I, I um, It's kind of a contrast in styles, unlike the BC series where they're kind of a little bit of a mirror image situation. Um, 
you know, Notre Dame's more of a defensive style team and um, their games tend to be a little bit more lower scoring and they've got a lot of, you know, done a really good job in recruiting and, uh, you know, they haven't really even done, I think the damage that a lot of people would expect on when they get to the NCAAs. Um, but nonetheless, they're a good program. They're kind of on the rise, a new rank. Um, of course they got the Edina kids and, you know, Lucia's kid and whatever. So, um, there's some of that cake eater aspect to it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think it'll be a fun series. I, and I, you know, I really expect the guys, you know, the, the off week will be helpful and I'm sure they worked on some things. So I'm excited to see it. Vigo, initial thoughts on heading to Notre Dame. Well, I, I agree with Hammy. I don't think the, the smaller rank will affect this kind of team. I think this team has a good mix of, of size and speed. I think the speed is going to be really apparent in those tight spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen the fourth player jump in the rush. And that's going to be even easier, I think, on the smaller rank. Uh, the one thing Notre Dame plays, typically a more reserve so it could be you're starting to cut out. Did we lose them? No, I'm, I feel like I'm still here. You feel like you're still here, but trust us, <laughs> you were in and out. I believe I'm you were talking. Were you saying? Were you saying something along the fact that they're a little more conservative? I, I kind of. Yeah, they're, they're a little more conservative. So I think the the Gophers need to be conscious of making sure that they can get into transition before leaving the zone because those turnovers at at your blue line or the offensive blue line are where you can into the trouble i think that it's going to be one of his players to be a little more cautious going into the series i could see a really tight game on on friday maybe even a tie okay okay but i i, I know exactly what you mean i've been a little concerned with you know some of those defensive players jumping up you know you know i could see it when they're the third player but i've seen it quite a few times where uh the defensive player is the fourth player coming in right away and i always we haven't been bitten by it yet, but it, it, it's going to happen. All of a sudden, it's going to be a two or three on one going back the other way, Hammy. And that's one concern I have about the the young uh, defenseman uh, jumping into play. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree to an extent. Although, you know, frankly, if if you're going to you know get burned by that, a team like BC is more likely to burn you, I think, than you know, a team like uh, Notre Dame, but I mean, true. just, just because yeah. the, of the speed factor and the fact that they're so aggressive in their own right, um, that if you're going to make a mistake, obviously, you know, BC can do something with it pretty quick. So I, we didn't really see a lot of that, you know, when we played them, I mean, they certainly got their chances, but um, you know, I think that Notre Dame, to me, they're probably going to be more like that Wisconsin style that we've seen over the years. Uh, you kind of have to, sometimes be patient because they're going to, you know, try to slow it down and clog it up and, and not give you as much space, which is fine, but you just have to be a little bit more patient and not get frustrated. And this kind of goes back to what I said, when you have a young team, you know, how are they going to react to some of those kinds of things? Cause we really, you know, so to this point, we've been able to overcome anything that we've faced in that sense, you know, whether it's wide open or defensive. So we'll see how it goes. Gabe Gertler. Officially, as of today, I, I contacted uh, Brian Deutsch at the U. Officially, his status has unchanged. Um, Hammy, are you hearing anything? Is he going to play this weekend, or is it, or is he still in the doghouse? Uh, as far as I'm aware of, I think I think he'll play this weekend. I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, it's been you know a month of yep. essentially, and 
every, you know, the way Lucia made it sound, you know, a few weeks ago on his radio show that the kid had been kind of working hard in practice and I haven't heard anything different um, in that regard. So I would imagine that he would get the opportunity. I know somebody on GPL said that he had talked to one of the Fargo force coaches, which is where Gertler played last um, year. And uh, that that coach had said that, you know, Gabe had told him that he probably would be playing, you know, at Notre Dame. So I'm excited for the kid. I really hope he does get an opportunity because I think he can really add some, you know, nice elements to the kind of maybe that third line range um, because I think that he's a goal scorer and, um, you know, a little bit gritty and he can do a lot of different things pretty well. What do you think, Viggs? Yeah, I haven't uh, seen him really play, so I'll I'll be interested to see him. Uh, I'd like to see him in person, so hopefully he uh, keeps his nose clean and can play at Mariucci. Uh, but, But they could use, you know, some grit and some battle out of those those lines. I know that's something that that sometimes can can be lacking right now with the guys they've been putting in that third line. You know, they do have some skill and they can skate, but some of the grit might be missing from their game. So so if he can bring that to the lineup, you know, maybe we'll see that. All right, looks like we got another voicemail coming in. I'm trying to read the text from Google Voice, and it's I don't know. He's, <laughs> it sounds like Google Voice doesn't do the greatest job of translating but let's see what uh jeremy has to say here i think he might be ripping on vigo i'm not really sure hey boys it's jeremy i'm wondering if these could take the time to drive into cell phone lane <laughs> or cell phone coverage or uh maybe buy a better phone <laughs> yeah. unfortunately jeremy he's not using his cell phone he's using wi-fi from his car aren't you Viggs? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right outside my uh, porch out here. I'm outside my condo. I've got a you know a 13 month old sleeping, you know, in in the condo, and it's a it's a tight space and it's oh, a loft. Yeah. We, it's a loft, so we totally get it. Uh, we knew this was the case. Uh, we've said it in the past. I just thought I'd play it just so he could rip on you a little bit. Well, you know, maybe maybe Jeremy isn't familiar, you know, with the difficulties of raising a child in a condo. Maybe he's got the spacious <laughs> setup of like a three story out, and you know. Maple get, Grove or something. And just get your kids some earplugs. <laughs> hey, it's just, you know, it's just the nature of Wi-Fi. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. And we'd rather have Vigo on than not have him on. So uh, until he's in his house, you're just going to have to put up with it, Jeremy. All right, we're just having fun with you, Jeremy. All right, boys. We've talked about Gertler. We've talked about uh, the weekend a little bit. Um any concerns? Are these boys' heads getting too big? I mean, they're number one. They were unanimously number one this week, receiving all 51st place votes. Uh, is this going to go to their head, Hammy? Uh, I doubt it, just because obviously the coaches are experienced mm-hmm. enough to drive that message into the players. Um, I think that we all know that nobody gives a damn who the hell is number one in the country in the polls in the first week of November. I mean, nobody remembers what it was, at least I don't, last year or five years ago or whatever. I mean, that stuff is pretty meaningless, and I think the players are smart enough to know that. Um, And, you know, I think it's good when you have – you know that you're going on the road and we're going to be playing a good team, so they're they're not going to be able to sleepwalk their way through a series, and and so I'm sure the coaches have their attention. So I'm not really – too concerned with that at this point. Um, I think that you, you just have to be consistent and work hard and practice, and I think it should carry over into games. What do you think, Viggs? Yeah, I think that they're playing a tough enough schedule where you can't kind of get lulled into complacency. 
I think that, that they're playing enough big name programs where, you know, most weeks it's a pretty big challenge in front of them. And uh, there's also the battle for ice time. You know, there's guys who are getting scratched every night who, who could probably fill a lot of spots in the lineup if necessary. So I think that gives the coaches a little bit of a, a stick as well as carrot. And that'll be complicated a little more once Gertler starts playing too. Yep, it's only going to add to the battle out there. Yeah, I agree. Well, so what do you think, Hammy? Do you think that's going to be a sweep for the boys, a tie, split? Well, what do you think this weekend? Uh, you know, I'd probably go with the split just because okay. it is it is a road series, and, I you know, I have respect for Notre Dame, and, um, you know, they're going to be on their rank, and it's a nice rank, and I'm sure their fans will be excited to have the number one team in town, you know. And so I, I think that, uh, you know, eventually we're going to – face some adversity and i'm sure that this will be probably a weekend where that's pretty likely and so i would guess that it's going to be a split what do you think Viggs? i think you said tie one night maybe win the other night uh, you want to stick with that yeah i i think they'll probably get three points out of the weekend i think one of the nights they'll get a tie it'll, it's going to be tough to score goals against Notre Dame, and i i could see this being the weekend where they they would have those kind of turnovers at the blue lines that could get them into trouble and, um, you know, they have had some adversity where they've fallen behind and come back and able to tie games and win games. So I, I, I think that's something they are able to do. And, of course, you know, Wilcox, we've, we've talked about him a little bit. You know, that's a big key for this team, not only for this series, but for the season and making a run of the Frozen Four. You know, he's shown time and time again that he can bail out a team that's not at their best. So I think that's kind of their ace in the hole that they can they can really rely on that to to spark their game. When's the last time he even missed a game? Ooh, it it goes. Did way he back. play all last year? No, he we had Shibby played a few games early. You in the sure? Year. Pretty sure he did. Well, yeah, I know. I know Shibby. I think he played a game against Michigan Tech and didn't do very well. And I think he got one more chance, maybe against St. Cloud, and then Wilcox oh. he took control. We played in three games last year. Wow. Well, he's going to need a break sometime, don't you think? Uh, well, I mean, January, sure I mean, I mean, maybe against Penn State later. In the, I'm not saying, you know, ripping Penn State, but it's, they're not going to be as strong of a program. But they, they got to give him some rest, don't you think, sometime? I'm sure that they'll give him a few games okay. here or there, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe something like Mariucci Classic or whatever the hell they call it now. But, um, you know, something like that. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few starts here or there. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, college goalies, you know, they're playing twice a week. So a lot of times when yeah. there's a number one guy and they think he's getting tired, they just give him a little break during practice. And then, you know, if he doesn't come out strong in a game, they can always put in Chevy to, to relieve him. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the more likely situation than taking away the net from Wilcox for a night. All right. Well, in – other news, uh, I was kind of paying attention to Denver this weekend, uh, Hammy, and uh, I tweeted out that uh, maybe they're not so glad they got rid of their coach, and uh, I have a feeling you're kind of thinking along the same lines. Uh, getting rid of George Guazdecki was probably an extremely bad thing for the Denver program. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, I the guy has been so successful over the years and they've had a rough go of it so far. This year. granted, I mentioned this on GPL. I think like four of their losses were in overtime. So it's not like they've been getting blown out really, but, uh, 
they've certainly lost a lot more than expected, you know, than they're probably accustomed to early in the year. And um, you kind of just have to wonder with these changes in conference. Um, I'm not sure that's that was a move that was wise to make given, you know, the changes that, that got on the conferences. So, so you, uh, yeah. What do you think, Vigo? Bad choice to get rid of uh, Waz. I mean, he was he was getting handsomely paid, but damn, the guy won games. Yeah, I mean, Guaz is one of the best coaches in college hockey, and you know, now he's got the chance in the pros to, to see if that suits him a little bit. But he's got a great hockey mind, and he put together a program. His his guys were skilled; they could move the puck. He was able to handle the defections pretty well. Um, he was great at managing it. I think he just started butting heads with management, and uh, you know that's going to cost Denver a little bit. They're gonna they're gonna struggle without him there. How well, I, don't, I don't I don't I don't follow them closely, but I mean, is it a matter of you know their administration has shifted gears in terms of what their focus is? I know that they have a really good lacrosse program, and they've been I think like in the finals and stuff like that recently, and and it seems like you know they. You know they're not like one of those big money all D one types of institutions, and so they kind of have to pick where they're gonna put their might behind. And maybe if there's a shift there, I don't know, but I just think that the, there just seems to be a vibe from the Denver fans that I occasionally see their comments, or if I go to the Let's Go DU blog once in a while, and it just seems like they realize that things are just not heading in a good direction there, not just with Guazdecki, but just the overall vibe of their program. So. Yeah, I think they're shifting some of their attention to the lacrosse and the basketball program was getting a lot of attention. And I and I think the the woman who's in charge, the chancellor there, she just didn't give Guazdecki enough credit for how talented he was. And and she just soured that relationship with him and he he chose to walk. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, a lot of people thought he was kind of this big smug guy, you know, with his nice suits and uh, I don't know if you got to see him or talk to him, you know, at the final five or when they're in town, he's, Vigo. He's, but a, he's a little smug guy. He's a little, but you know, <laughs> the little chats I've had around him, he's very likable. Yeah. Well, he can be smug, but he's very intelligent. He's, yeah. He's a very thoughtful guy. I, I kind of thought uh, talking with uh, York the other weekend that, you know, Guaz and York have a lot in common. They're both kind of intellectual guys, and they, yeah. they think a lot about the game, and they think before they speak. Um, they're very good at responding and not reacting. And, you know, I think this had been bothering Guazdecki for a while, and it just came to a head. Yeah. Anybody see the crowds at Wisconsin this past weekend? I saw a few of the pictures that were <laughs> tweeted out or whatever. <laughs> oh, dear. That was mainly the Friday game, right? I think that was really bad. I didn't see anything on the the second game, but I heard it was better. But, yeah, something's not right there either. I mean, there's definitely something's just not clicking there with their fan base and, and their athletic department. And, you know, I don't know if it's style of play. I don't know if it's, you know, the the cost of tickets. I don't know, you know, but there's something just – they're going the wrong direction when it comes to attendance for sure. For certain, so I, I don't know what the problem is. They were, I mean, just a few years ago, they were averaging uh, 14 to 15 a game. And every year since then, it's been dropping by one or 2,000 average over the whole season. So, you know, they could be under Mariucci this year in average yeah. attendance. And that's a pretty big deal because, you know, Wisconsin was number one for a long time. Uh, now, more recently, they're battling with North Dakota just because they've got the huge barns. But uh, 
their their attendance is falling fast, and I don't think uh, uh, people are paying attention there. Well, I mean, I think some of it's you know, frankly, I, I, is it I Alvarez? That, we always love to blame Alvarez for everything. Well, I mean, I'm not. It's hard to really judge when you're not right there in the middle of it. But I think that you know, some of it, frankly, is it's. I think that's not really. I don't want to. You know, I think there's going to be pockets of hockey fans that are real rabid about the game and whatever, but it's not like it's Minnesota where it's basically in the fabric of your community and and the fans are really heavily into it all over the place. I mean, there I think it's probably a little bit more, you know, oh, kind of a thing to go to that because, hey, it's a place to be seen or, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's quite the same kind of fan base. I think a lot of fans that I've talked to think that they're not quite as educated on the game. Um, certainly they're going to have some fans that are real educated on it, but um, I, I think that maybe some of their fan bases maybe a little more fair weathered. I'm sure that the fact that they don't play that kind of exciting brand of hockey there, haven't really under ease. I'm sure that that plays a part in it and you know, people don't want to pay, you know, $20 or whatever for one ticket to basically watch a game. that's like watching paint dry. So, <laughs> well, I think they're in trouble. I, who knows what's going to happen there, but uh, it was just an observation from this past weekend. Anything else going on in college hockey you guys want to talk about? Anything else, Viggs? No, I don't have anything uh, else going on. I've got those uh, maroon and gold colored glasses. I'm pretty focused on what's happening here. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, the only thing that, I mean, that that we, from an upper Midwest perspective, is the fact that St. Cloud went over to uh, Grand Forks and swept the Sioux. So that was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a surprising result because, you know, frankly, I think um, UND is a little overrated this year, but, uh, um, you know, in St. Clouds, they got a solid program and I think another solid team this year. So maybe it's not a huge shock, but uh, nonetheless, the Sioux haven't been swept there in, I think, like four years. So Exactly. You know, so You know, even if they have a, you know, they've of course, they've had pretty good teams, but I just think that, um, you know, Maybe this year they don't really have as quite as many dynamic forwards up front, and maybe a little finesse on the back end. And so I don't, I'm not horribly surprised. But you know, considering they've been swept in four years, there, that's a pretty good result for St. Cloud. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm not a St. Cloud fan, but uh, uh, the Sioux getting swept and at home and their new league that they think's the greatest thing ever. I just, uh, I love it. Yeah, what if they were like a bottom half team? Oh, in their man. new league. They could join them in Denver. The two yeah, guys I mean, who started this whole thing. Yeah, that's the kind of the irony of it all, is the <laughs> fact that Denver was, like, heavily pushing it, and, you know, UND was kind of heavily pushing it. Now, what if they both kind of just sucked the first year? Or not sucked, <laughs> but if they were pretty, you know, below average for their typical years? Uh, it'd be kind of ironic. Well, just a couple notes uh, for the games this weekend. Obviously, you know, Friday's game's going to be on the NBC Sports Network. Saturday's game's going to be on their website. Um, we'll see if the Minnesota fans can crash it because there's going to be plenty of people watching. Um, one God thing, knows from the whining on it. There's oh, certain geez, I just don't get it. I I don't understand that at all. If it's on, if it if there's a way to watch it, shut the hell up, people. We want every game oh, on FSN on six six eight or the main channel. Can't handle this all, oh, alternative Jesus. channel stuff. Oh, the whiners I, need to shut the hell up. I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, you know, you got thirty plus games. I, I understand it's a great series to probably watch or whatever, but 
you know, you get 30 plus games on TV and high def, you know, whether it's BTN or, you know, Fox Sports North. What do you really have to complain about? I mean, you have, I just don't get that. Uh, we're, we're spoiled. Yeah, I don't get we're it. We're spoiled. Okay. Anyway, yeah. There's not much you can do. And I'd be surprised if the NBC feed can't handle it because they've been live streaming the Premier League games yep. all season. And I think that there are more people trying to hit that than there will be yeah. trying to hit the Gopher games. This isn't going to be like the Anchorage yeah, feed. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. This is not bringing down the the paid Anchorage feed that some people got pissed off a few years ago. Um, one thing, what was I thinking here? I kind of lost my train of thought here. I don't even know what I was going to say. I am getting old, guys. What can I do? Well, you just did have a birthday. So. I, oh, I'm 41. God, it's all on. Oh, what I was going to say is actually, you know, with these online games, uh, the GPL chat will be very busy. So head on over, see what everyone's saying, because I'm guessing there'll be quite a few people in the GPL chat. Well, there usually always is at least 15 to 20, but with a weekend when it's online only, it will be very busy. So come on in. Join us in the GPL chat. Uh, quite a few of us will be in there ripping on the team to hit the net because that's what I love to yell at when I'm in the chat. Anything else, boys, or are we good to go? Pretty good to go, I think. All, all set. Should be a fun weekend of hockey. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've got uh, – I'll be streaming it from my phone up to my TV, so I'll be just fine for Saturday. Hopefully you will be too. Remember, you can always follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter. And you can follow Vigo on Twitter at EVigo. And remember, we're trying this new thing. You can leave us a voicemail on, you know, with questions or topics or just ripping on me or Hammy or whatever you want. Just keep it fairly clean. Uh, this is a non-offensive podcast, and we'd like to keep it that way. So you can reach us via voicemail at 320 321 Nine five eight four, and of course, we're always taking your questions on Twitter at GopherPuckLive. We're done for this week. We will see you back next week when we recap Notre Dame and look to the future. I think we're playing Mankato next. See you next time. 